Oh, nope, nope, nope. I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> uh, the director's Welcome. just about to like have him say where he lives. Yeah, that's good. Welcome to the Dresden Files podcast. It's a podcast about the Dresden Files. Uh, that's pretty much what we got. We're going to talk about Cold Days again. Because Cold Days is pretty fun. Get through another five to six chapters. Right. We're part six out of seven now, right? So. Oh, part three. Uh, do we have any news? Out of seven. <laughs> oh, in case we forget, there's we got to plug stuff. Hey, uh, check the description and stuff for links to Drive Through RPG and other things. Drive Through RPG and our Patreon. And yeah, they'll help. Uh, they'll help. You support. can get on our Discord if you go on our Patreon. Yeah, with a, with a close you want to watch all of our discussions about scheduling and boring things. Yeah. You get to see like un, unfiltered <laughs> broken jars, dressed in files podcast as it happens. Brock uses it to to furnish some of his theories, and we'd be like, "Oh yeah, we saw that crazy theory like three hundred times." But here's what we think, you know. So, I mean, Brock, 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 Brock is near to my heart. He pays for the privilege. Yes. I'll always answer Brock. Brock is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it helps. He's like the only, but you know. <laughs> and uh, do we have any? Wrong, uh, then you know, only <laughs> can also be favorite, right? But, do Do you have any news? Anything new? We do not. I don't. Yeah. I mean, the Q and A's from like a month ago. Time, right? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah, there has not been any news since Peace Talks was done, and that was pretty much it. And when the so comms came out two or three months ago now so so for uh so for those reading along at home what chapter are we starting on chapter 28 chapter 28 full, right full after spoilers, just in case we have to say with uh Aaron. right we we talked about gary boats according to my notes and um, that might have gotten i don't know the entire notes are out of order but they can't be. They're literally stream of consciousness as I'm listening to the thing. Yeah, except sometimes they have been out of order. And I'm pretty sure the discussion about boats happened after the discussion about Captain Hook. I think I just re-listened to it. And that is where we're starting off at, is that they they leave Dresden's uh, borrowed room and they immediately go into Captain Hook and who that person is. And he's left under begging tray, which is just... Yes. The ceramic line baking tray in the oven. Yes. It's going to start making a pie, yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to re-listen to that soon. It's a terrible way to, to treat the little folk, man. All right, anyway. It's funny because I can recite some of the lines verbatim, but like remembering where we are is right out. You know? Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they make sure that Toot Toot is alive and well and running around and Molly has gotten pizzas. And, duh, duh, duh. and then they're going to like open the oven and make sure that Captain Hook doesn't go away. That's why Toot needs to be there to make sure we capture him again because they know that it's going to run. And Harry is trying not to loom after he says, you're my prisoner. And it's pretty smart because like the first thing he does is make a break for it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like get the little folk to capture the little folk. So. This is also where Harry fucks up. Yes. <laughs> Well, we need one of Toot those. Toot is not happy. Oh, yeah, because he makes him a vassal. Yeah. We keep calling him him because at this point in the book, they still think it's a dude, but it's totally a her. So Yes. It's the tooth fairy. That happens after Toot yells at Harry. He's like, you open your big fat mouth. Right. Because then they ask her to like take off the helmet, right? And then they're like, holy shit, he's a chick. You know? This is probably the most assertive we've ever seen to, to be with Harry, by the way, ever. By like it's- a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, but he's a good vassal, right? Like that's what yeah. that's what I'd want out of a strong lieutenant is like, tell me when I'm being dumb. Maybe not in front of everybody, but still, you know. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, I mean, so you're gonna have to fill it in because I I, yeah. I started screw Winter Law and then you know got some notes about Molly knowing Winter Law and how that's totally not gonna become important by the end of the book. Right. So. Yeah. After Harry says screw winter law and then falls and realizes that he has a broken back once more if he decides to screw winter law, he's like, okay, how do I learn this? How do I know it? And to, it's like, you just, don't learn it anywhere. You just, just know it. Just right? know. Just May- like he can speak Russian out of nowhere. Right. Maybe he's too big or too human. So. Yeah. Maybe you're just too big. 
or too insensitive because that's what mob uh, mab tells uh molly to do in cold case is just study it think about it meditate on it or whatever it was like she was just gonna learn it out of nowhere she's also full fey at that point right no isn't she yeah i mean she's the winter lady right then yeah, she's, she's still uh, human well, no we don't know yes. as of cold case she can use a phone what is it theseus ship she doesn't Let's use just... a phone in cold case Let's just operate under Theseus' ship until we know otherwise. So she's got seven years to be human until she gets replaced by only Fey parts and only Fey Molly takes over. Yeah. And Cold Case happened like the day after Cold Days, so it wasn't that fast. It was pretty. It was a week. Fast. It wasn't that long. Yeah. Human. That's fair. But yeah, you're. Probably, are you thinking the end of Skin Game? I'm Wonders. saying as soon as the mantle went in there, it's, she's no longer human. No, That's yeah, because they're talking about the stuff when they're talking about with Carlos, and she just kind of gets, like, she gets to funnel through her head and read Winter Law, basically, or just kind of instinctively know it. Oh, well, using the phone, though, that happened at the end of the skin game. That's yeah. when Harry yes. saw that. Yeah, that happened so. afterward. But she probably could have used the phone. I mean, the human-non-human aspect really is only a matter of whether or not her soul is still going to be intact by the end of this, because it's slowly eroding away. But using a phone, I have to imagine she could have done that like instantly right after because she's now because the reason her power set has the mantle. So the mantle is going to be the one that allows her to use the tech and, and sort of be fey like in that regard. I, well, I mean, if we want to take it a little bit further, is it a source problem? You know, if she if she's channeling the mortal magic part, which she presumably still has access to like Harry does then she fucks up technology. But if she's funneling it through winter, then it doesn't follow the same rules. I mean, I, I think it's it's probably intrinsically tied into her now. So like, yeah, I don't think she can separate. Um, she could still hex out anything the same way Mav could hex out anything if she really wanted to. But she's sure. not going to just do it out by being around it anymore. So she's not human. Got it. Well, her power said it's a, it's a little <laughs> it's not it's not as binary as she is or isn't. She's still human enough to you know. But she but you want to say she doesn't things. have free will anymore, right? But, Right, she's got to follow the rules of the mantle. Yeah, right. The second and it went into being it. mortal, being human, what's fundamental that in the Dresden files is you have free will. Well, and to split the hair just a little bit further, Molly still has free will, at least in Cold Case, right? Because she makes the choice to do the thing with Ramirez. It's the mantle taking over that stops her. So you know, there's still some of that in there, but the part when she decides to tell him everything and then physically can't is a part where her choice is being curtailed, but right. has but her choice, choice to help him. Yeah, it's, but come on, it's the, the, what I'm splitting here is the difference between I've got free will until I'm in manacles. Just because I'm being physically restrained doesn't mean my will isn't there. She physically can't violate the laws of winter because of the mantle, but that doesn't mean her will isn't there. Like, does that make sense? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same with yeah. most of these people. They have, like, what I tend to refer to as deterministic free will. They can do essentially whatever they want as long as it follows within their rules and their restrictions and their whatever. So yeah, she can decide Matt, to have a cheeseburger that day if she wants. But if the mantle all of a sudden said, you know, for instance, said you could only eat chicken, she wouldn't be able to do that anymore. So it's it's a little, like, she can do what she wants as long as she's not unable to do it. I I don't know. I mean, it just because like somebody at Mab's level doesn't care, right? Like Mab isn't trying to get around the rules. It helps that she helps write a fair number of them. But like she's she's never going to be like, oh yeah, well I should just start running around and making a bunch of little babies because she know she like knows that's wrong, right? For as far as like winter law is concerned and whatever, she knows she shouldn't do that. So there isn't a, like, oh, well, I would do this, but I'm totally restricted. Like, the, I guess the difference being Lily, right? We still saw Lily would like to have helped Dresden, but she was literally incapable of doing so because of Titania's rule. Uh, whereas, like, Titania and Mab, I mean, again, they kind of make some of the rules, but at the same time, like, they are not going to, you know, they're not going to thwart anything. You, you don't see them lipping off at Mother Winter and Mother Summer. You know, they are in line so that's where i'm saying like the ladies still seem to have at least some free will from what we've seen aurora it, it's hard to tell because she was infected uh mab or mave is hard to tell again you know like 
once you get infected, it's different. Because again, like Leah is the same way, right? Leah ran around making her own decisions, but mostly when she was infected, otherwise she was being a fairy, you know, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. There was never a point where Leah's like, oh man, I totally help you, but I can't because, you know, of X, Y, Z, like, unless she was just powerless to do so. So Leah is free to do what she wants, how she comes to a decision of what she wants and what she should do is something that maybe could be discussed, but she wants to help Harry. She gets into a position that makes it possible. She has to stick to the, the restrictions of the balance must be kept. It like, has to be a bargain for her, or it goes back to the bargain with Margaret. But she can make the choice to help him beyond that, and she has. I well, okay. So trying trying to get like an analogy, let's use let's use the gift, the tit for tat fairy thing, right? I think the difference is Molly would totally help Harry. She would give him some boon of power or whatever, right? But she would be restricted in doing so because she's like, you got to give me something back because that's how fairies work. Right. If you tried to do the same thing with Leah, and you'd be like, hey, give me your your boomstick, give me the thing that's the source of your power, she'd be like, why would I do that, child? Like it wouldn't even occur to her to thwart the natural order of things. Whereas Molly is still human enough where she would be like, I totally would, but I can't because manacles. Whereas Leah well, is like, what manacles? Part of that is but also the, her pay grade. Le Leah operates essentially just shy of the mad pay grade, the way her responsibility, the way her power level works. So, and the more power you have, the less you can do. That's definitely principle of storytelling in Dresden Files, but I think there's definitely an occasion of, uh, of still exercising free will within the rules uh, not because the rules tend to be written with a lot of loopholes and uh, Matt does that so that she can do pretty much what she wants to and what she needs to and control everyone else who uh, who's subject to them or otherwise you know uh, can't disobey or isn't clever enough uh, and but you'll you also see things like uh, well if you're talking about avoiding free will you have the uh, ne the negligence of duties uh, of Maeve, right? But we find out in Cold Case, Maeve has not been doing her job this whole time. And apparently she's been free to do that without known consequences, even though it is a normal obligation of the Winter Lady. Well, those consequences. Well, and that's well, yeah, that's what's hard to reconcile. Like For her, though. Personally, for her. I guess yeah, I, and I agree with you. amount of power. She wasn't doing the things of getting the vassals taken care of and, or getting the power from them that they needed to protect the gates, her own personal ability for using power probably was diminished because she wanted to party instead. And like you see in Summer Night when she was incapable of uh, controlling Slate without spillover, it's probably affecting her in that way, but she doesn't care. Mm. Uh, well, and, and I, Mab does specifically say that she indulges her. So Mab indulges Maeve which suggests that there's also the, a personal dynamic involved too. So I don't think that we have to write off Molly as deterministically, absolutely losing free will and losing her soul. Right. It very well could be that she's just- no, she, she could still to, have her soul, she, I think. She, well, she gains the system, right? She could gain the system. She could uh, actively resist following the rules. Uh, she could use she personal can't. contact with Mab to try to get to do what she wants and to have the rules change for her. So there's a lot of possible, or just, or just abstain from action and that thereby resists the whole system. So there's a lot of options for her to retain her free will and remain human, I'd say, even yeah, within okay. the principles but you can't, here. Okay, I don't think, like, okay, we can say remain, have, have free will or something. It's a very hard gray area, but I would say by, by the fact that she could use that cell phone, the implication is just really heavily that she's not actually mortal anymore. Oh, sure. So she might have given in. She might have given in, but I think the principle you hear from uh, Uriel is that they can't make you do anything that you, you know, what, what you can't, they can't force you to do uh, anything that you don't want to do. So I think that uh, it may be that Molly has given up, but I would suggest that it's more most consistent with the Dresden files and common sense that uh, free will is only ever lost when it's given up completely. And that seems to be a potential storytelling conceit of the series. Harry's got a different out though. His mantle doesn't. His mantle sure. allows him to stay mortal. Sure. Yeah, he is. Right. The, uh, he's the part that gets to say no. I mean, if Molly yeah. gets her head cut off, she's coming back eventually, as long as it's not on Halloween. Harry does. You know, she's changed one way or the other. Yeah. Right. And but, for me, it, a lot of it has to do with like how reversible it is determines if she's still quote unquote human. Right. Does it, get the loopholes like he was saying? Like, uh, 
Leah being a giving Harry what he already had of like the answers all around you, like what she said in Grave Peril because of the running water. Right. Like he didn't actually give him anything except for just highlighting something, but that was the bargain and that gives her the loophole to be able to act as effectively as she wants. Molly, I think has the ability to kind of change her perspective and change which kind of bargain she gets to act on. Like what she does for Maggie she may not be required to, but she feels like it's an obligation, so she does. Like, what obligation does she actually have to Maggie? It's not her kid. It's not her sibling. But she just cares about Maggie as a part for caring about Harry. Yeah, I mean, I mean could, but she. Make, I guess you could make the trickle down argument since Harry's technically. She could. Now, but I mean, wouldn't have to. A little bit. Like, she gets to use those arguments to be able to do what she wants to protect Maggie and her family. Sure. Well, even Mab gave her a gift on Christmas, so there's some general, ob- you know, she calls it an obligation. Maggie's being groomed already. Well, right. sure, why wouldn't she be? Mm. Well, I don't know. I feel like this is, a, like, uh, it's a good, okay, there's limits to how much Jim is going to want to tell, tell us about this, I think, but a good, I think a good question for him would be if is, like, is, if is Molly still mortal, or does she still have free will? Well, he sort of answered that once because somebody asked her if she still has a soul, and he said that it's not as simple. Like it's, um, it's not instant, but it's inevitable. So it's like eroding away as time goes on. So is Map soulless at this point? Is she just? I, I mean, I think he Mad? addressed it so far as he would. He's unqualified to say whether you know to answer that question insofar as a metaphysical sense, but is for all intents and purposes, she doesn't. What's I mean, that moment, though? That one moment there on uh, in cold in this book, right, later? Mm-hmm. She's still, that was very human. Right, she's still got some feelings. So, I mean, yeah. we, we probably should write this down as a, as a topic here in short order, but, um, you know, and, and just get back on. But yeah, I mean... Yeah. Because there, there definitely seems to be a dichotomy between now, because we also got to remember, right? The Fae are not human, but they're the most mortal of the Never Never critters. So I'm sure that plays into it, right? You basically have a dichotomy between the supernatural Fae side of things and the more mortal side of things. And, you know, that plays into it, you know, like m- many of the Fae, especially the High Fae, have ties to the mortal world directly. Like, you know, Mab used to be mortal. You know, some of them are kidnapped mortals who, you know, decide to convert through whatever mechanism we haven't seen in the Dresden Files. But I mean, the whole changeling thing, uh, you know, there there's the Scions, obviously, in this case, uh, for changelings. But I mean, you know, in a traditional sense, like that used to be the thing. And in some lore, it is that you know, you get kidnapped and replaced with a fairy baby or just kidnapped and turned into a fairy somehow, you know. Um, so I'm sure that f- that plays into it. But obviously, Toot Toot is something else, right? He started as a as a fae and who knows how old he is, uh, you know, and all that. But I don't know. could be a fun topic. So. Yeah, I think so. Could be. I agree. Okay. So we baked Luna into a cake. No, wait. Or, <laughs> sorry, Lacuna. So, but uh, I mean, he basically finds out what her what her name is and finds out that she's a girl and she hates uh, candy. Right? Yeah. Like, do you know what today is? Children and candy. <laughs> you know. So, uh, and then you know when they when they offer to get her refreshments, she wants celery and cheese and green tea. You know, so she's veggie, but not vegan. Is that the hair we're splitting? But uh, anyway, I don't know if she cares, but I mean, it wasn't the popular theory that she's some kind of tooth fairy. And I remember a dentist telling me cheese is good for teeth, or at least it's not bad for them. Hmm. So lacuna is what it is. It's what you call the thing in the hole in the teeth or whatever. Yeah, it's a gap in the teeth, right? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's definitely against unhealthy things. Yeah. Like she, may so be, think, she may not be the tooth fairy, but she is at least a tooth fairy. I think Jim would ask, as I recall, in a word of Jim, of something like, uh, "What? What is Lacuna?" And he says, "It's like it's the name. I can't make it more obvious, or something Correct. like that." So I, I think it's pretty clear. She, that's the joke. Tooth yep. fairy. Right. And Toot tries to woo her with a Jolly Rancher, and 
gets a nosebleed instead. Yep. Right. Punches him in the face. Wow. Like an, like an anime protagonist. Right. Um, somewhere in the middle of all this, I think actually before they revealed Lacuna, there was a discussion about general exposition of what's going on in the story. And Butters has like, oh, it's a Phantom Menace. And that explains everything to most people. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And Molly had a map and Harry and then Molly was filling out all of where the nodes and the ley lines crossed because that's obviously where things are going to happen. And he starts doling out assignments to people of you go get the vampire people to destroy that site. Vikings go do other things and shit like that. Right. Like the so, little tidbit with uh, where where she's like, no, they're under and Leah taught me, and he's like, why am I, doing-, why am I doing this? Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and so basically, I mean, to clarify that a little bit more, there's there's been some little bit of drops. You know, we mentioned it last episode, I believe, where um, Lara has a quick reaction force that's been used to defend the. Um, crap why well, i can't remember the group the the paranet uh and so thomas is going to talk to her to get her commando team basically to take out one site murphy goes to talk to marcone or, or was it butters anyway one of them right. goes to talk to the the better future society to get the einer yarn to go uh attack one of the other sites and then team scooby gets to go take out the third site theoretically or they go to the island uh, so yeah and Harry is letting everyone think that it's the Black Council that's doing everything, even though he thinks that it's not the Black Council because it's outsiders. But everyone's assuming that Black Council and outsiders are the same thing. Well, so outsiders can only get in by being summoned by a mortal wizard, right? And so that was, that's the whole thing with like the Battle of Sicily is that outsiders were used by the Red Court to attack the White Council, but that they can't, they literally can't because of the laws of magic. So that meant that they had either turned people or there were collaborators. And that's why the bat part, like that was one of the, the early parts of the holy shit battle of Sicily before the like killed everybody in their beds part, which was also holy shit. But um, fighting them, fighting outsiders in the never, never and having, was it Ebenezer and Merlin? Like, or was it Rashid and Merlin? No, um, Rashid and Merlin. They lifted yeah, a ward. They oh, stopped, that was Ebenezer. Stopped the whole court, you know, yeah. so yeah. yeah. It was the gatekeeper and the Merlin. Uh, right. Yeah, it so makes sense like, with the gatekeeper, uh, actually. We know the Merlin's really good at defensive magic, but it also makes sense to gatekeeper. And wards. And wards. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so so that's that's where that ties in and, and where, like, in my assumption, everywhere that the outsiders are operating, there has to be Black Council. Now, how Sharkface fits into it, it almost seems like he's his own thing, and that's why he's Harbinger, is that... You know, he has either been on the inside or can get on the inside his, his own self somehow. I don't know if that lets him raise all these other outsiders because it's never really talked about. Um, I think the, the, the walkers might be able to get in on their own. I don't know. He behind needed to be summoned both times that we've seen him. Right. Yeah. Right. So I can't it, imagine it, he walks before. One, one of them, we don't know if he was summoned or if he was just running around. Well, we don't. Yes, we don't know about before. But it, I mean, it stands to reason if you're at that level pay grade i don't think you can just slip in and out and with nemesis he cheats because he can slip in and out but he has to be in a host theoretically and it's only a part of him you know and the battle of sicily and all of the outsiders being summoned all that happened at the same time as cal and kamara trying to do the dark hollow so it does seem like they are collaborating in very much coordination and cal and kamara seem to be the vector of Leah getting infected, so it's really easy to assume that they're the same people. So why doesn't Harry think they're connected? Like in this book? Or <laughs> why is he this? thinking that when everyone's thinking that, oh, it's the Black Council, and he says, well, except it's the Outsiders, and it's not the Black Council. That seems to be what he makes. Harry's dumb. I don't know. Or Butcher's because he knows him. Because he knows they can't always appear in every book. Right. Right. I mean, it's, but here's the other thing too, though, right? Like we're skipping ahead just a little bit, but it's important to this conversation. The barges all have practitioners on them. So they had to have people who were strong enough to do the summoning magic or the ritual magic anyway, whatever the magic bomb was. It's to me, it's not outside the possibility that they were able to summon an outsider because what was it? uh, Madge, right? What from blood rights or whatever, like she was, she was able to do the summoning by herself, even though she would have preferred to have had assistance. 
but like she didn't seem like that big bad of a, a magic user. Like Harry's gone against a lot tougher. So yeah, apparently the threshold for entry is in that like medium level. I think it's said implied. Right. That she's like medium level. Well, if you're just that's... summoning something, you don't really need a ton of yeah, a ritual as long as you're especially if you're just gonna set it off. It's when you wanna right. set your will against it, like Harry with the with the Earl King and, and stuff like that, or when Madge inevitably lost control and died, you know, it's right. What I'm establishing is that if they're if they're the group of them are big enough to do the magic bomb to, to bring down Demon Reach, they're almost certainly capable of summoning all of those outsiders, you know. So yes. And and to me, like honestly, the practitioners are almost forgettable other than a couple of times they get shot at while they're trying to take down the boats, right? He never addresses where the fuck those guys came from, what their level of magic is, anything like that. They're just people running around above decks and they're unimportant to the story somehow, but it's like, no, man, that's probably a clue, <laughs> you know? So well, it's possible. They, the, the, the Walker is the one that they're getting their fuel from. So if they're, you know, okay. like for, for instance, if we think Lord Wraith and his magic protection comes from the outsider, for instance, and that's why he uh -huh. can't touch with magic. So same general principle, you got a Walker running around that could be your, your mana battery and you're just getting that power and you're charging it up the whole while. And that, that accounts for even someone, people mid-level who are going to blow up Merlin's Island. Yeah. I mean, they may not be big powerhouses on their own, but they are still a group of people who are trying to summon and work with an outsider. that's going to destroy reality. Those group of people has got to be a worrisome thing to figure out. Plus what they were doing as I remember the spell correctly is they're, they're messing with the resonance of the spells already in place. So they're not, like throwing a big nuke at a shield they're right. they're kind of disrupting the power that's already there and sort of using itself to blow itself up could be which or which right. also doesn't necessarily require a ton of power that just requires focus and finesse right put a wrench between the transformers and blow them up i think, I think a good question to ask is do we think the black council the circle as i think Kyle calls it Right. Are they all aware they're working for the outsiders, or only some aware? Are they not necessarily? Are, are they all nemesis infected? Which I don't think they are. I don't think. Uh, so yeah, Cal Cal doesn't seem to think so, right? Because we've had a we've had a couple of comments from him. He seems very in control of his faculties. Cal, however, does summon outsiders, or at least something very near to them in in White Knight. So. Yeah, like I, I do believe he knows that you he's mean the primordial ghouls. Yeah, like they were something else, you know. Like Harry said that they were from the deeper, darker, you know, a different age and the deeper, darker, never, never. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like what D and D calls the far realms. Like they just, they're like we don't know where they come from. They just come from like presumably everything comes from the never, never. It just came from like way the way over there and nobody's ever been there and that's kind of how harry's dealt with it the entire time right he's only just starting to get the idea that outsider term like sure we call them outsiders but they're just powerful demons is how he describes them earlier in the series i think once he's seen the gates he gets oh no they're not from the never never they're from like out he does say before that that there is a difference between demons and outsiders that outsiders are outside outside but he doesn't right. i don't think he really gets it until he sees it exactly and that's what i'm saying like his understanding is evolved because the like the very first mention of outsiders i think someone plays the whole like what's that card and he's like oh they're just powerful demons and i don't know if that's a flippant you know description because you know that's the easiest way to describe them or if that's literally his understanding because it's kind of the same thing as like when he sees the gates right and the whole like seventh law of magic is thou shalt not seek beyond the the outer gates and he's like they're not supposed to be real man like it's a metaphor isn't it like it's not a real thing and I guess oh, there are there are actual gates they're right there you yeah, can see them yeah. and, well aside and even from all aren't. that i mean vittorio it's, brings an outsider into himself and he was cal's True. Acolyte. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. yeah. And, and to be fair, like the gates are still metaphorical. That's just how Harry understands them. Probably a combination of Harry's brain and gates. You know, they say don't seek beyond the outer gates, but yeah. Anyway. I hate it when, when, when stories do that, that, that I hate, I just want it to be more like, okay, this is actually what it is. Not like, this is how you're interpreting it. What's everyone else seeing? What's Rashid seeing? Then? Like he seems to be seeing the same thing. There are people in the walls. Are the walls not I there? Think, 
I think, I mean, it could, it could be that many mortals interpret it the same way. And that's why it's literally written in the laws as don't seek beyond the outer gates, but I'm sure the Fae see something else. You know, I, I, I find it hard to believe that like in a metaphysical sense, somehow they're not literally defending from all sides reality, right? Like you could think of our, our part of reality as a microcosm of like a universe and they're somehow coming into something that doesn't have a barrier. So for the, the sake of argument, it's like an egg of some kind, right? Why would they attack this one spot? <laughs> like, why is it this one spot that they're able to get in? You know, it, there's- Well, to be fair, like Cold Base kind of establishes they don't. They do focus on the mortal world and, and releasing the prisoners and they go in about destroying the world in a different way. Sure, but I mean, but the gates, right? Like the gates implies it's that door right there versus well, yeah, it's, it's probably more of a doorway that would essentially allow you your outsiders to come in without the need of mortal magic would there's probably guess. something very specific they wanted on the island not just general mayhem which Maybe. Is it might have been enough well, there's probably <laughs> outsiders <laughs> in the island yeah right? yeah that's what i'm thinking there's but there's like, like you know like how the uh, uh the sleeper right is uh, he's not he's not in in the island but he's like he's trapped under the sea like the the cold case story that's mm-hmm. a sleeper right uh, there could be something like at that level of power there like one of the, one of the outsider gods kind of well there's titans well. down there i believe it's been subtly hinted at at a minimum gotcha. i think we haven't even made it out of our chapter 30 minutes uh, uh, we are Probably through chapter twenty nine. There is so much lore stuff in this book that we can. Discuss. I, I think uh, an we, outsider we, we, episode. So, I'd, I'd like to do an outsider episode, but I'd also like to do one on uh, perception and uh, perception and reality because I think there's there's something that comes up a lot with, especially in the never never and uh, soul gazing and that sort of thing. And, and the, the the sight, the sight. Okay. We can do that. It's my, probably my least favorite part about the books. You oh. can include the, uh, you know, um, the paladin sense or whatever you want to call it with Sonya and Michael, right? Hey, hey, hey. We, we got we got an hour right there. Yep. Yeah. Okay. In the future, at some unspecified date, we will do that as an episode. For now, chapter 30 of Cold Days, which is when he goes to the Montrose Point Bird Sanctuary. For the, arguably the cringiest discussion. That's yeah, it's a little weird. Yep. But whatever the main crux of it is, he goes to summon Titania because he's full of good ideas. This book. Why do you think it's so cringy? Why do I think it's so cringy to shoehorn in what Harry thinks about gay guys? Oh, that part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the discussion to Titania. That part makes sense, especially when he follows it up with talking to the mothers. But it's just the medium of talking about gay guys. So it does seem really just- weird. I don't think it's aging well. It does feel a little shoehorned, but I think it's like, especially around that time, it was very, it was very coming up in books, like to be more inclusive and have more diversity. And I think yeah, but like, that didn't work in this either. You want to be, I'm not saying, I'm not saying it, it worked. I'm, I'm just saying why it probably happened. I also think Jim gets accused of kind of unjustly. I, I think being accused of being a, like chauvinist kind of man, cause he's writing nor- noir books. Or they have like, right. oh yeah, that. well, I. So maybe he was trying to show, like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah, but this didn't really. No, do I, I, from interviews and when this kind of thing comes up, I don't see Jim as uh, caving to any kind of popular pressure. I think he writes the books that he wants to write and writes them the way he wants to write them, and there's an audience, and he's happy about that. I don't know that he he'd. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he was pandering. That's. I don't think he was pandering. I think it was just. So why was it? It felt, it felt very, uh, like awkward. Yeah, it does feel like it's shoehorned in. Like it doesn't. It, it never ever gets context anywhere else other than Mab's ma- or Titania's mad at him, and she's wondering how he makes judgments. But there could have been so many other ways of having that type of conversation. Yeah, you bet. I, I kind of see what he was going with it. It's, you know, illicit union or illicit meeting or whatever. Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of threadbare. It doesn't quite work. I don't know. I mean, I just, uh, I don't really I don't really care. I wasn't I wasn't put off by it. It just felt like it just I was it just felt like out of tone of the scene. 
if you can say it like that. Which, which is a shame because the rest of the scene that does uh, does a lot, quite a lot, quite well uh, with the uh, going the the idea of moving from a, some kind of calm, barely restrained, polite conversation to this this furious wrath directed di- directly at him, uh, where so he's beyond beyond being reasoned with to to that extent. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was quite uh, quite effective. You killed my daughter. Very How about bad. the fact that Eldest Gruff is totally a bro? Yeah, <laughs> Eldest Gruff put in a good word for him with freaking Titania. I'm like, maybe you should squish his head like this, you know? Like, yeah, I just that Next that was one of my big things. Is like is buying him a beer. I mean, yeah, it's it's just totally indicative of the whole, like the whole interaction in Turncoat, right? Or small favor, you know, where he's, it is, yeah, it is small favor. So where he's like, look, I don't want to have to kill you, but, you know, the lady kind of told me I got to, and that's my job, you know, is to, to do what she wants. And the whole donut thing and like, yeah, well, she already made a promise to you first, so I guess that wins. Whereas like, yeah, Eld- Eldis Gruff really likes this guy, like, Earl King and, you know, uh, Santa Claus and Eldest Gruff, like they're bros for a reason and you see them all hanging out. So I'm sure they're sharing notes and just being like, keep an eye on this guy, you know, and Eldest Gruff's like, hey, Titania, like maybe can you not squish him for like another decade or two, you know, just in case. Maybe we'll, maybe he'll grow on you. I don't know. It kind of feels like Vatarong slash Santa, Eldest Gruff and uh, the Earl King is kind of like a, a, a faction onto themselves, like they're working together somehow. Because otherwise, why is why is the Earl King just letting it slide? Like he he's rooting for the guy. I mean, he 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 promised he would hunt him down one day. What if they're all associated with the Gray Council? Ooh. Well, I mean, you no, know, one of them is. Yeah, one of them is. Yeah. But for me, the Earl King, the other part of it is like the Earl King hasn't been pulled, had one pulled over on him since what, Tam Lin, probably, you know, so it's just like, you sly motherfucker, I'm gonna get you one of these days, but I'm gonna give you props at the same time. So, yeah, but like when, like when Harry just bumbles into the Earl King's place of power and the Earl King is still like, yeah, I'm letting it go. I mean, whatever. It's just not very. Well, because the prey right came right to his doorstep. That's not a good hunt. Yeah, well, and not just that, Harry but he beat him to... with words. He's yeah. a fairy. That shit kind of matters, you know. Harry so. was able to maneuver it correctly, and he won in the I contest. Think, I think Earl Bro is on Harry's side. That's just where I'm getting. Well, yeah, yeah but I don't think right now, if Harry stumbles into the never, especially now that he's the knight anyway, but I, even if that, even if he never was the knight and all that happened, I don't think the Earl King is just going to like start chasing him down in the never, never like Leah and he used to, just out of hand. Well, and we see that in this book, though, right? Like it seems like bygones are bygones now. But if you want to take the whole thing and changes, like the Earl King, it's not just the Earl King and what he told Harry directly, right? The Earl King's got to look at what he's showing his subjects. You know, he's in with a bunch of fucking psychopathic murdering goblins. So if they see him not follow the rules and tradition, or if they see some weakness, they're going to, you know, make a move for it. You can't tell me that there isn't like a Leah goblin out there who's like the Earl King's number one dude. And That's he's, right. Yeah, right. He's going to make sure he has a hunting accident later. <laughs> so well, I'm still I, pretty sure one of the two goblins that were named is the one who gave the wolf belts to the, to what's their names. But really? Yeah, why not? I mean, because where are you drawing that conclusion? Because honestly, because hunting. because they got because they got named, and then to me that uh, yeah. I just want to mark this on the calendar officially. This is the craziest shit I've ever heard EG say. So like, yeah. this is up there with like time traveling. I mean, I I can deal with the whole hunter spirits thing, and like that seems like the primal thing that would be his bag. Sure, now, I'm, I'm pretty sure he didn't give him out directly. Uh huh. So. You know, you get two named goblins. One of them's on his good side. One of them's on his bad side. So I could see rationale for either one of them doing it. So are you saying one of these goblins is part of the the Black Council? Sure, why not? Well, and yeah, I mean, I think the Black Council is still different from the the thing that's actually going on, right? I think the Black Council are being played as much as everybody else. They might be like serving their nemesis, right? Like even if they don't know. 
Exactly. Well, I think it's I think it's like most organizations like this. It's like most of them, yes, they're all in general going toward the same goal. Now they all have different sub goals they all want. They all want different things. Some of them definitely think that they're actually the ones using the outsiders. Some of them probably don't care one way or another if reality comes to an end. Right. It's all it's all muddled, but in general, yes, Nemesis, the outsiders are the big one, one would think people of like even even never never anything from this reality, including the never never, would be like, I want that to keep going. Well, that's well, why most of them, even Nicodemus, seems to be against them. It's just his methods are also kill all humans because you know they, <laughs> they can bring the those his methods are not very in. good. <laughs> Nicodemus is more like if we burn down the forest, it can't burn us, you know, type like get right. rid of kindling, you know. And that's why most people. That's why Nemesis is an infiltrator. It's trying to take down these organizations from the inside the only real major power that seemed and again that seemed to be because their leader was directing it is the red court that was like full-on yeah we're gonna head up with these dudes and obviously the fulmore but they're just cast sauce from everybody anyway so what what else are they gonna do i just i feel like even the fulmore and the black council probably don't know the full breadth of what's going on right it's one of those like if you help me we'll rule the galaxy together and then it's like oh my god your sudden but inevitable betrayal and it's like oh curse you i i fully expect again i i trust in jinda to present it in you know in a unique kind of way to subvert the trope somehow but until proven otherwise that's what i'm operating under it's like yes Cowell is willingly working with the outsiders, but Cowell probably thinks he's in control, that somehow he's going to wind up on top, whereas the outsiders are like, no, you fool. Or at least we'll have the, or at least we'll be able to see it coming and and circumvent it. Right. Yeah, right. Like, no, no, it's only never worked before because somebody else was doing it, but now I'm in control. Like, that's a classic human hubris anyway, where it's like, oh, yes, it's failed 3,000 times, but it wasn't me doing it, you know? Well, whether his his rationale was actually his true motivation or not, this is a dude who's arrogant enough to think he can stop death. So I I have no problem believing that he thinks he's in control of all. So side question with Kyle, or or Kamori for that matter. Don't show up in this book. Right. And the Part only seven. other uh, Next what I kind of thought the only other people who know how to do uh, the Dark Hollow, why have they not done one? Because they're dead. Who? Who? Yeah. Who else knows? Powell is alive. Yes. Why hasn't he done another one? Well, look what happened. I mean, you got several hey. reasons for that. Oh, one, it took apparently years of preparation. Right. Like, they it's didn't been just that night. Mm-hmm. Right. It takes years also, of preparation, which will get you oh. noticed. And then he had someone who he thought so little of, uh, perspective-wise, basically nearly kill him and pot- potentially turn him into some weird wraith version of himself anyway. So he's already I'm just seven ways of fucked up by someone inferior. I think there's, there's a, like, I just hope there will be an actual, like, in-book reason why he never tried the Dark Hollow again. It could be. He was just trying to make sure that Gravain or Corpse Taker didn't become that powerful if it was going to happen, he was going to take it, but maybe he doesn't need it. That's possible. Plus, it's, I mean, it's the same reason why Nicodemus doesn't use that Barabbas entropy curse every year on Harry, because eventually that would get lame. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's that time doing again. The same thing. It's why so is he sh- doing it on April 1st? It's such an obvious time to do it. You know? Storytelling-wise, sure. I, I, I understand, Jacob. I'm just saying, if it's never explained in the books, it's going to annoy me now that I thought about it. Well, I mean, look, years of prep got screwed over by someone weaker than you, drawing attention from all the supernatural powers, and, and people you're, and people you're probably not operating at full mortality anymore. If we and, and people have tabs on him now to make sure he doesn't do it again. So. Except most of them think that he's dead. Oh well, and he was able to pull shenanigans directly at the White Council since then. Well, but the White Council is also. Sort of. The White Council is the easiest person to against Cowell. because they willingly stick their heads in the sand about this stuff. Right. It was Cowell who sent the council. Right, for sure, right. At the camp of the newbies. Why are you going based off that thread that was just brought up? I don't know what thread you're talking about. Yeah, I'm someone just talking... posted that in the sub that like, Cowell is the reason the ghouls were there at Camp Kaboom. Whatever. I feel like it was it's it was made fairly like Whatever. obvious with the there was the same smell. They went to the same place in the Never Never. I mean, it's possible. It's fine if it is. It's just, it doesn't... I mean, okay, so we send ghouls after them. I mean, what did they accomplish? They killed two 
friggin' teenagers. Well, it oh, seems like they were there to spy and then... Like, it seemed like they were there to spy. Even if we accept that, it's not like they didn't... I mean, Peabody still had Lucio under his thrall then, so he could have just as easily done it or had her do it. Right. Without and I, yeah, I mean, it... it whatever it it doesn't have to be cowl or not cowl or peabody or not peabody you know obviously they've got other people so yeah it could have been the red court i mean they work with ghouls they have mortal practitioners so if the red court who works with ghouls and has those people they could have just as easily done it right right so yeah i mean for uh, you know and it's nice to think under every stone there's a conspiracy but considering the event at hand it's not really an important one that I mean, right. I have more instance in the Rakshasa that comes up three times that we never hear about than I do about Camp Kaboom. Yeah, but the, I mean, the Rakshasa is probably going to be like the incursion, right? It's just one of those background things to show you that they're doing other things in the world, but it's not going to be, well, unless unless they suddenly show up in, maybe they'll show up in the next book because everything happens <laughs> <laughs> to be stuff. But, right, but, but in general, that seems more, you know. So the main point is that that seems more interesting as background info than who sent the ghouls at Camp Kaboom. It's like, oh, who cares? It's one of the bad guys. They're going to get killed at some point. Speaking of which, chapter thirty-one. Can we get three whole chapters into this episode? No. We're still in chapter thirty. Yeah, but let's just skip it because nobody's gay and no. Yeah, but so. okay. Well, all right. We got the conversation. He gets the name of. You me. don't know that. That's the main crux of the chapter. Okay, he talks to Titania. He doesn't get roasted. And he yeah, gets the right. name of Nemesis. Right. And that is and all he can do to help. And then and he thinks of another good idea. It was a great idea. It yeah, it was great. super. So I just knew I just by the skin of my teeth got got by Titania. Let me now summon Mother Winter. Oh right. Let me go to the in, next level. <laughs> in his grave, by the way. So. Yes, it works. Yeah. And he core, totally, yeah, he totally gets like Something beast pulled through the ground, like into the muck. Like, I fucking love this whole yeah. thing. Dude, that's like, I will only hardcore down there, <laughs> right? Well, that's like chapter 35, and we're not getting it, yeah, right? That's that's when he comes back out, you know. Yeah. Like, okay, we have like 12, maybe 15 minutes if we stay at an hour, if we probably should, to get through how much, maybe, maybe a chapter, right? Okay. I mean, we so, can we can skip by the yes, director with Mother Winter. He goes, he summons Mother Winter. She pulls him to the cottage right. and he- yes. He summoned her, she grabbed his ass. So yeah. <laughs> you don't summon me, bitch. <laughs> and she starts throwing cutlery at him. Yes. And then there's the a dark. discussion about names. Yes, right yes. Right here and he a little knew, bit later. He knew, he, knew, he knew some names and not all of them were entirely stupid or entirely wrong or something like right. that. Yeah. Right. And did he? And then no, not that one. Them are wholly wrong in using them. Right. right, she's gone by those na- by Atropos and Skull before, who are essentially the Greek and Norse versions of the Fates. Yes, right. she is what comes. All right, Ben, let it out, man. Oh, we'll but there's but there's a, the 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 line that's the unsaid thing is. It seems to be. Did he guess that other one? Is it no? But right. there's some other. There's some other name he did not say. That would be oh, the true name. What yeah. is that name? The name oh, of I thought you were gonna, other it's the, it's the next book name. It's exactly. The, it's the one they share. Yeah. It's a, yeah okay. What's sure. what's the what's the sisters from the Zelda Ocarina of Time, right? Where they're two witches, but then they merge into one witch when you fight them. So Everybody. that's the name. So just kidding. Maybe. Sheik. Uh, I don't know. No, you guys are god fucking terrible. I like, never played a Soba game. Guys, okay. You guys, oh my god. You guys don't even know what I'm referencing, let alone. I, I, I get the. I, I know the name. I'm supposed to be like one of the greatest games ever, but uh, we don't. Oh, no, that's keep going. Breath of the Wild is the greatest game ever. Okay, so next thing. Uh, so what is that name? Topic the for later. Best idea I've seen was Gaia, because I can't really refute it. I mean, what's wrong with Hecate? I mean, it comes up in the next book. Yeah. Never mind the name for the name they all share. But it, um, eh. That's a bit trivial of a leap from yeah. Atropos, right? Yeah. But Gaia really only fits with Summer. What the hell does Mother Winter care about that? Well, because life and death, yeah. they're both. That's the part, yeah, part of, it, part of it. the cycle. Yeah, Joy and sorrow. Really, you ever see Inside Out? It's all of that. The real it's question you've got is if you go the Gaia route in, in a lot of mythologies, it's Mother Earth and Father Sky. So who the fuck's Father Sky now? And uh, we got more questions. And good job, guys. Like, we didn't solve anything. We just got more questions. So. 
Yeah. Boranos, Kronos. Who knows? Primordial right. gods. Or maybe he didn't make it, like Oberon. This whole interaction <laughs> with with the mothers is very, very illuminating. Yeah. It's oh, yeah. Well, because this is where Wormwood happens too, right? Mm. So, well, almost. Yeah, not that yet. one's not ready. not ready for it. Yeah. But, like, um, what do you mean, not yet? Wait a minute. <laughs> Let's roll the tape on that one. By the name of these other ones, I feel like I should be concerned about this one. Right. Oh, that's oh, biblical. Is Wormwood is, uh, you know, uh, what's that last book in the Bible where everything dies? Revelation. Revelation. Apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, worm. Yeah. That the star is Wormwood, and then all the the waters were poisoned, and yada yada, and the world's coming to an end. Yeah. Right. So you know, it's probably not going to happen before the end of the books or anything. Yeah, and it's it's all it's only on a shelf with a butt ton of other plagues. Right. So, but yeah, he ends up having a talk with with Mother Winter and Mother Summer about he very narrowly uh, avoids becoming stew. Yeah, and I, I fully I fully accept that Mother Winter was sincere in her uh, appreciation oh, yeah. that you would either find out or you'd be a meal. I don't care either way. Yeah, if he couldn't survive then he wasn't worth it nope not even a little bit yeah and then they have a little petty back and forth where she's like turning soot into things and mother it's like summer. well yeah it's mother summer great. cleans the window and he's just like no it must be dark and yeah, right. she like kills a plant and turns it into ash just petty sitting there and bickering and sitting because she doesn't have a walking stick anymore yeah well somebody's using it who's using it yeah. You know. yeah, and Harry hurt her. That was one of the things that Mother Summer kind of like drops to is like you hurt her by because she doesn't get around much because the whole walking stick thing. So. Yes, and so she had to pay him back for that pain, which was you end up in stew or you're good enough to get out. Right, which really is just kind of a wintry thing to do anyway. So yeah. it's totally badass. So wait, so, so he hurt her by trying to summon her, or was yes. something else? Oh, yeah, I see. Okay. that's why essentially making her move. Right. Uh, she couldn't go to him. She couldn't be. That's why she doesn't take him on the walk to the gates because she mm -hmm. can't get around the same way she used to. And the winter's also the only original of this. All the yes, she is the only original left. Uh, bringing it full circle. Bringing it full circle. What? Notice that uh, the, there's winter lawn. He's a winter night. There's the winter mother, and the only way out, other than dying and doing whatever he has to, because Mother Winter says so, is using free will. So free will gets you out of winter long. Well, he, he tried. He tried well, we know against winter law, and he could, but he was severely punished. I guess we know free will gets you out because Tamlin. But yeah. you know, I mean, it wasn't necessarily his free will, but you can Plus be bargained again. Right? He's immortal. He's a knight, so he has yeah. free will. Right. Yeah. He ready? Harry still has free will. I mean, you know, he's sure, still, sure, sure, sure. He's more I'm restricted. Just I'm just trying to tease out, not necessarily the principles of Harry, maybe it's the principle of winter law or uh, fairy, fairies' uh, interactions with humans, that there has to be some out for free will, just like with everything else. That seems to be constant with Uriel, what we were talking about earlier. Anyway. Free will's overrated, man. <laughs> Do the mothers have to bargain with each other to be able to help each other, or is there not such a thing for them at their station? So, like, Mother Summer is balance. doing what... Winter wants taking him to see the gate so he can learn what he needs to. And Summer agrees, but does she owe anything to Winter either way? I think I like I think that transcends the interactions that we see, right? Like even Mab makes bargains, whereas like Mother Summer and Winter, they just know, right? Because like think about think about the unraveling as well. They had already done that and that was sort of a gift, right? But it was within their power to do so. So they just do it. You know, like there is no negotiation, no banter, no, okay, well, I've got to clean the window because you dirtied it so that you can dirty it again or whatever. It's just how they exist. I don't know. I, I don't know another way to describe it. Yeah, but. it. yeah, it transcends the idea of debt and bargains. Yeah, they are so restricted in what they can do that they essentially don't have to be restricted with each other. I see it more as a as an issue of personal understanding. They each get each other and understand right. that I I can only do anything for three to six months out of the year and you can only do anything for three to six months out of the year or whatever and but then there's also uh with behind the bickering a real understanding and a real even maybe even a friendship between that's at the point where winter and summer meet and they're no longer really 
rivals, but uh, you know, co-principles of some aspect of creation or something. Well, you see that reality. at the gates later when the Winter Soldiers bow to Mother Summer and she exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, nobody at this level, nobody cares. Essentially, summer medics are there helping Winter Soldiers, and it's because that all that matters is we are part of reality here. We yeah, have go team reality. Yep. So that's. I mean, <laughs> go team reality. Yeah, I don't think they care at that. It, it's and they're also not part of the active core. This is also it, all of this is essentially happening outside the active core. Everything that they do with the bargaining and the tit for tat and the opposing each other—that's all. It stops at the the Mab and Titania level. Everything Gates related or above is they don't they don't do that shit. Even the soldiers. So I don't I don't I, I think they they sort of. Um, they put that aside for considering their job. Yeah, like the English and the French in World War II, you know, so. Although Winter does say he is not your weapon, like, because he's delineated to Winter, she says, it's mine, hands off. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, yes, it's, it's, they have the argument as to whether or not he's ready, but it's, it's mm -hmm. not really, uh, that's more, that seems more like a philosophical argument than a, uh, an actual, you have to, do something for me in order for me to take him to show you what I don't want to necessarily show him. Mm -hmm. Besides, what else is Mother Summer going to do? She's just going to have to sweep if she stays there, so she might as well go for a walk. Yeah. It's interesting that she warns him almost in the same wording that Leah does of once he learns this, you may never know a knight's peace again. Mm -hmm. That's what Leah said that Margaret suffered for the cost of her knowledge is that she was never able to sleep soundly again. Yep. Right. But Harry's got a thick head, so it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, I just don't think they've made as big a deal about it because Harry often makes references about having, you know, continuous nightmares and stuff like that. Like previous books, he's be like, "Yeah, I had the nightmare with the tentacles again." Be like, "When did you deal with tentacles?" Well, that's the thing. He seems to not care as much. Like he has them, and he just kind of is like, "It happens out of hand." He has them, and that's that's it. Well, so. it's also his perspective, you know. I mean, I don't know. On the one hand, he's very clear about telling you when he's been vulnerable, right? There are definitely moments where he's like, they got me, you know, like this. I want to tell you that I was brave and I withstood the monsters and whatever, but they got me this time. Um, versus like, yeah, like he also just kind of like skips over the fact that he's probably clearly got PTSD. And the only difference is we haven't seen him just like shut down when the shit hits the fan because that's one of his superpowers is that when it when it goes crazy he steps up. You, you could know? also make the argument depending on whether or not it, what how his id functions compared to other wizards and the things that he's had living in his head that he's always had a form of insulation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean he's, had, he's had Lash, he's had his id, he's had his daughter. There's there's other things that while while they're impacting him physically he also is not necessarily under the same mental anguish that someone like his mother who may not have had those for lack of a better term uh circuit breakers in there to although you know you may carry suffer as one of the principles of the series so those guys will show up again to help him hold the line but there'll probably be some kind of some kind of anguish or some kind of well, he's always going to have anguish, but if we're, if we're just talking about how they're, like, you know, his mother never knew a knight's peace, and he's been warned about that twice, and it's never really been an issue, it's because right. I think he just focuses on the other issues that Harry has. Dreaming sure. is not necessarily a big one. Right. His mother was probably more sensitive. She was more finesse than he is. Um, I always thought that if, if Harry had, like, if you reduced all the other attributes, all other things being equal... Harry's the most stubborn character probably in that world. Like he's more stubborn than Ebenezer. He's more stubborn than anybody. So like his, his superpower is his will, right? And that's part of, it may be sourced from him being a starborn in some cases, but he, you know, obviously Lash helped him out in the deeps. Um, but with that one exception, um, you know, he's always been able to resist mind magic and other things that other people haven't. Like it was part of him, you know, um, like him just not even getting suckered into Peabody's things. But there were a couple other things where they're like, wait, that didn't work on you. And where it clearly had worked on other wizards and other people. And, you know, the we still don't know. And the senior council may not know how much they got bent um, through uh, Peabody's thing, you know, his ink magic and all that nonsense. But um, but definitely with like Sharkface, right? Like if anybody had gone toe to toe with an outsider like he did there. 
Like that's usually not how it's going to work out for anybody else, but that may be where the starborn kind of puts him over the edge. So, but it's just like his, his mental bastion, right? Like he just cannot be beaten, you know, theoretically. So, but anyway. Yeah. We get managed to get through five whole chapters in an hour. Yay. Hey, I managed to be right when I was being sarcastic. This has been the Dresden Files podcast brought to you by the Broker Jars Network. We got a lot of other podcasts you should check out. We can start next time at the beginning of chapter three and then go into all of the gates and Rashid and more fun. Chapter three, I hope not. We're going back. 33. We managed to get through the 30s. I just kind of dropped the tens after that. Oh, yeah. So high fantasy, there's a. DMs Anonymous, uh, Sim Talk. Yep. He's forgotten and, them all. Uh, no, no, no. There's the one about the High office. Fantasy, who Great is Scott. Hiatus. Hiatus. Yes, thank you. Great Scott. Great Scott. And Great Scott's uh, closing up the show sometime in the next year or so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've been saying that for a year. It's, <laughs> it's going to happen any year now. Any year now. For an upcoming show as well, a uh, book club to be named. Hey, book club to be named. So that actually, I think we should just go with that. Book club to be named will be the name of the podcast, perhaps. Uh, what, what did you cover on DMs Anonymous, Andreas? Oh, it's been a while. The same as last time. We haven't done a new, oh, I see. Uh, a new episode. But if you do like, uh, if you like uh, RPGs, maybe you should check out the Dresden Files RPG or Dresden Files Accelerated. Yeah, you can get which it through, you get uh... on Drive Through RPG. Yeah, perhaps. exactly. Yeah. Oh wow! And maybe click the link affiliate link down below. I hope this is the direction of down below. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, help support the podcast. We haven't asked for this in previous years, but with Google Hangouts, uh, you know, dying, we have to find another platform and this is what we have to uh, start paying for. So thanks a bunch for, anyway, that's all I got. Okay. Jacob, that's your money. Out. 